Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Catherine Zimmer, CEO of Zimmer Motor, a family-owned and operated dealership for over 80 years, representing the Stellantis brands. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you. Happy to be here. I, of course, know about you through our mutual friend, and he mentioned just what an amazing leader you are. And it seems like one of the reasons you've succeeded so well is your commitment to lifetime customers, which is what he was so impressed with. But what would you say are one or two of the reasons why you have succeeded when so many dealers have failed, especially since COVID times? Well, we are a family owned and operated and and the family is in the store every day. For years, I worked with my dad and my uncle and I got to watch their partnership and their partnership was unique. My uncle was the business end of it and my father was the sales end of it. And I know for certain that they would not exceed it if they didn't have each other. And getting to experience them work out all the kinks of being in business together with someone else, let alone your family members, was a very good training ground going forward. But the one thing that they impressed in me always was take care of everybody, take care of the employees, have the employees take care of the customers, and then take care of the community. So when we experienced in 2009, having our franchise taken away, our community supported us so strongly. So I've been taught it, I felt it, and I want to continue it. So for the listeners that we have that are international, they may not understand why the dealership was taken away. So in 2009, the United States went through a financial crisis. And at that time, our manufacturer was Chrysler. Chrysler, GM, they declared bankruptcy. And at that time, they were able to take some of the franchise agreements and claim them as part of the bankruptcy. And so I was at a business meeting, wasn't expecting it at all because we had good sales. We had great customer satisfaction index. We were profitable. And my cousin and I were at a business meeting and my brother received a FedEx envelope that said we were no longer a dealer. Mm. And that was a very traumatic experience. Because at that point, 84 people working for us, and you've got all these people looking at you. And if you stand before them, you can see all the people who are behind them, the wives, the children, you can see everybody. And I was outraged by other people making a decision on our future. And so I call that my activation date. And I was not in a position of leadership at the store at that time, but man, I went to work. And I started fighting not only for myself and my livelihood, but for those other 84 lives that were there as well. Wow. So there's a lot of challenges for me. Losing the franchise was hard. Um, Believe it or not, after we got the franchise back, uh, when I did a, a facility renovation and we added two more franchises, well, right before we had this grand reopening, my uncle, who had been the dealer at the time, passed away right before we had the grand opening. So that kind of made it melancholy. But then a couple months after that, our brand new beautiful showroom caught fire and burnt down. And I can remember standing there in front of that building thinking, I did all this and now it's gone. But when 
stuff like that happens, you have to take a moment, you have to process it, you have to grieve it, and then you have to look around. I remember walking through the dealership, looking around and thinking, well, the phone system works <laughs> and the computer system works and yeah. we could still deliver cars and we could still work on cars. So you just put it together. Yeah. Wow. Well, you, I, I can see how you have struggled around crisis and come out of it several times. So tell us, was it focusing on them and their families that, that made you step up? You can't work with somebody. I can't work with somebody and not care about them, not care about their well-being, not care about their development, not care about their family. That's just ingrained in me. It's not all about money. And I, I tell people that, look, we are a for-profit business, so this doesn't work if we start losing money. But I truly, truly believe if we care for each other and it's proof from what we overcame, you can throw any challenge at us and we'll figure out a way. Sounds to me like you know how to adjust to life and how to make the best of it. My experience has been car dealers are some of the best entrepreneurs because business starts over every 30 days. It's a new challenge and there may be a new product or new incentives or mm -hmm. you know, just a myriad of things. And you've got to constantly reinvent your business plan and, and attack it on 30 day increments. And it is quite a challenge to figure it out. But if you just invest in your people and get to know them, people will truly amaze you at what they can do. Yeah. One of the, the areas a lot of leaders are struggling with right now is, is managing people. How did you learn to do that? I have been blessed with a couple great mentors who would challenge me on a constant basis about be authentic. Don't try to be anybody else than who you are and mm. who you are is exactly who you're supposed to be. And so that is how I approach the world. I don't try to be anything that I'm not. I have a curious nature and I generally, I love to meet people. So these mentors, were they outside mentors? The gentleman who was the most influential was a gentleman who worked for an organization called National Automobile Dealers Association. And he led a 20 group. A 20 group is about 20 dealers from different locations across the United States who meet uh, three or four times a year and they pull all their information together. And I had the very good blessing of, he was our moderator when my uncle ran the business. He was the moderator when my cousin ran the business. And he was the moderator when I eventually took over the business. So he had the longevity. He had the experience. He had, he had dozens and dozens of composites. So I could go back and look at data about our store specifically and see, okay, what were we doing at this time? But his biggest gift to me was his belief in me. And he just poured into me. He just poured knowledge into me and was always available to me. And uh, ironically, it's the anniversary of his death. About three years ago is when he passed this month. Mm. Um, and I miss that man, but I feel so blessed to have had him in my life. Yeah. You hardly ever hear any more of mentorship happening over a longer period of time. So it does seem like that's, that's very important. And then, you know, it's also hard to find people who are willing to tell you your blind spot as a leader. Was he also one that would point out your blind spot or, or did your employees do it? Or how did you discover 
Any oh, all of the you? above. <laughs> what is an example of one? All of the above. I remember sitting in a meeting with him and he had asked me a very pointed question about why a certain percentage was off. And I gave him this big, long, rambling explanation. And he looked at me and said, I don't remember the page number. He's like, turn to page number 35 and let's get to work because you're fooling yourself. And let's, let's really work on this. So watching someone do that, experiencing that from someone and being open, he was always kind. He was never cruel, but you know, there was no mince in words. If I was screwing something up, he'd let me know. And that was a gift, a true gift. Well, you know, not everybody has someone like that. And, uh, you know, the challenge right now seems to be everything around the workforce. Yes. I feel like COVID created a lot of physical isolation, but also people just forgot how to work together. So as we're coming out of COVID and like every business that I know, looking to strengthen our workforce, either in the number of people or in the skills that our people have, The challenge is, I believe a lot of people have a form of PTSD from COVID. And so it's getting people to talk. It's getting people to work together. It's really, truly investing in people, loving on your people. They will then love on your clients. And then together you can put back into your community. You have a saying that before a company can do well, it must also do good. That's the only way. I, I'm comfortable doing business. That's the only way I see for our business to succeed. And so right now, that's what we're trying to do. Pour into our people and make them the best that they can be so that they can turn around and give that to our clients. I've got proof that you invest in your people as recent as this week, because Damien Boudreaux, our mutual connection, you brought him in when everyone advised you, this is not the time to spend money on, on a trainer. Having Damien in our store right now and his mastery of communication and connecting to people, um, it has been a ramped up experience of watching him, just observing him, and then trying to put that into play with my people. Yeah. It, it's truly a great source of pride for me when a customer comes and gives me a hug and says, your people were great. Thanks so much. This was fun. It was a great experience. We appreciate it. That is very rewarding. Yeah. And when I looked at your testimonials, uh, I noticed a pattern. Many said you had great follow-up. Many said you were very friendly. And many said you were also very fast. And, and as it comes to you know, managing people, a lot of leaders are struggling right now for various reasons, either how to hire them, how to keep them, or a different way of leading people. Is there anything that you had to adjust regarding that? Yeah. Like a lot of businesses today, as we're looking to grow our staff, we've had issues with great response from posting an ad, and then people don't show up for the interview. And several times we've had people who were supposed to start and never came in. And a couple of times we had people come in that then left immediately. So that has been a great challenge is to figure out who fits in our team Mm -hmm. and what we have to offer them. So we've started focusing on five key principles of what we're looking for in a teammate and trying to identify if potential um, applicants have those have those five key 
characteristics. Mm. Mm. What was the aha moment that had you go, okay, we need to identify these five things? Well, I've always had a vision for the store and I realized nobody knew what that was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. Thanks that for sharing. That was probably the moment. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like I would close my eyes. It, it's so visceral for me. I can close my eyes and I can hear what it sounds like. I can feel what it sounds like. I can smell what it sounds like. And I realized I'm trying to tell these people and I open my eyes and they're looking at me like I've got two heads. And I was like, okay, we got to find some words that people will associate. We've got to redefine a mission statement. We've got to, we've got to gather everybody up and it's made it easy. You know, we, we talk about, do people have integrity do they have professionalism? Do they have a servant attitude? And when you're, those are just three of them, but when you're looking at that, it's easy to ask somebody, does this person, does this situation, how do our five key principles affect it? And it makes it very easy yeah. to make a decision. So then I have to ask, I do occasionally hear a bark in the background. I wonder how much of your success comes from having a great supporter like your dog, Nellie. <laughs> Nellie, well... Nellie, I went to a fundraiser and came home with the dog. That's how I got <laughs> Nellie. And I would have her at home when she was a pup and she would just destroy my house. So I brought her into work one day and told the office, hey, I'm investigating doggy daycares. Can I leave her up here for a couple hours? And Nellie's 10 now. So that was a good eight and a half, nine and a half years ago that we did that. And she has truly become... A member of the team. She is a great stress reliever. Yes. She's funny. She loves people. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, she has sold some vehicles for us. You know, <laughs> clients yes. come in to see her. Mm. Um, and just in the last two months, we've added um, a secondary four-legged employee. His name is Mopar. Oh. And he was um, a little kitty cat that somebody dumped on our campus. And he has the people in our parts department literally wrapped around his paws. I've never seen grown men act this way, <laughs> but everybody loves him. And so he's just great. So I have no idea what's going to show up next. <laughs> well, but apparently one of your keys to success is, uh, is pets. <laughs> we have had a lot of people bring in. It's not uncommon for people to bring their dogs in. I've had a monkey in the store before. Um, birds and, and lizards. And for some reason, people are just it's well, it different. Beautiful. Well, it's obviously working because you continue to grow and succeed. So I appreciate you being willing to share not just your best practice tips, but also some of your struggles. And I know if people want to know more about your company, they can go to Zimmermotor.com. But thank you again for being willing to come on the show. And, you know, you continue to you know, contribute to the community in so many ways. So thank you again. Thanks, Birgit. I enjoyed it.